Hey y'all, welcome back to another Verge Sisters podcast. I'm Kim. I'm Rihanna. I'm Naomi. And, and we're, we're the Verge Sisters. All right, today we'll be interviewing Miss Ginger Spencer, who owns the business Heartfelt Touch Massage Therapy in Gloucester, Virginia. And we're just going to have a casual spirit-led conversation with her. All right, first question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? The best piece of advice that I've ever been given is um, is a time when I was considering how people end up in situations of crime and just being in a position where they're being abusive to their spouse or addicted to drugs or you know just just offer just doing crime killing people whatever the case may be like how do these people that are grown-ups end up doing these things and because I was imagining all these people as I was reading the newspaper about them as children like none of these children think that one day I'm going to grow up and be abusive towards my spouse or that I'm going to be an alcoholic and get a DUI or, or hurt somebody or rob somebody. That's not a child's intention as they grow up. So as I was praying about how do kids end up in these situations and not kids, everybody, my age, older people, younger people, we end up in situations that we didn't find ourselves in, you know? So as I was praying about that, I was driving and and I turned right, but I looked left. I looked left to see if anybody was coming to the left, but I didn't look right to see if anybody was coming from the right. And as I turned right, I was, became about an inch away from a Mack truck and he was doing about 30 miles an hour. So if, And I when I turned, I did a wide turn, so it wasn't like a nice sharp turn. I turned wide into his lane so had I been another inch into his lane or he had been an inch closer to me in his day you know it would have knocked me right into eternity or caused major damage so in that instant though God spoke and said be alert they're not paying attention so because I wasn't paying attention I ended up within an inch of my life and it just in that instant, that was what the Lord spoke to me. It was to alert and pay attention. Because the enemy, he's out there to seek to destroy us, basically. And it doesn't take but one decision to take you down a path that leads to destruction. So while, you know, we make choices and we're like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. Oh, I'll just try it this one time. Or, you know, it won't be. I'm stronger than that. I can handle this. And so you do one thing. Uh, which leads to another thing, which leads to another thing. Next thing you know, you're in the newspaper. (laughs) So the choices that you make, stay alert to the consequences that they could have, you know. So, and it's easy. And I've forgotten about that many times because, of course, I've made decisions that later I regretted even after this instance. But it's just a constant reminder to stay alert. You turn left and you make the turn too wide just be alert because anything can happen so that was a long story to say 
stay alert. The enemy he seeks, he might he who he might destroy. So stay alert to all the small things and the big things. That's good. And when you mentioned that story, I just remembered you telling me that same story and just knowing how powerful that was that you were thinking not only about oh my gosh it's it's my life but you were thinking about other people that you could have you could have affected if you were to turn right and that person would hit you yeah, yeah. because and as fast as he was going it would have it would have you know it would have left my daughter without a mom and I mean, I don't know, or major damage. I would have been hurt pretty bad. So yeah, it would have affected everybody. Now the people who love me. Right, and it's just thinking about others people, other people's decisions can affect the people that were closest to them, their, their lives as well. It could affect their lives as well. And True. sometimes we don't consider the consequences of our actions on our own part and other people's mm -hmm. hearts because we could be doing something and think oh we're not affecting anybody but you truly right, right. are affecting your parents who love you you're affecting mm -hmm. your 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 brothers and sisters who care about you and mm -hmm. who yes sometimes can be annoying but they actually do care and yeah, yeah. It, it can hurt it can really hurt yeah, yeah. so pretty powerful and the other piece of advice is something I heard Pastor Ken say once, and he said, everybody wants wisdom, but nobody wants to sit with somebody who has it. So wisdom comes in one of two forms. One, it comes in the form of experience. So you gain wisdom by actually experiencing something that helps you become stronger and wiser, or you can listen to somebody who has it and take it and not do that thing <laughs> or do that thing, you know? So we all want to be strong and wise, but one way the Lord gives wisdom is by bringing people into your path and, and counseling you. So don't do this because this is what happened to me. So I have to say that I'm one of those people that needs to learn wisdom the hard way, but it's not the easiest way. It's the most painful way, but you definitely learn. But if you can sit down with somebody who has wisdom, take it. That's good. That's good. And when you said that, it, it just made me think back to what um, pastor, the pastors keep saying to us, not, not just Pastor Ken, but the youth pastors, like no matter how old or how young you are, you can be, you can, in, like, you can instill in somebody wisdom and you have a lot of wisdom when you're a young child, like when you're a young teenager and you also have a lot of wisdom when you're when young, you yeah. Are, order and I thought that was really neat thinking yep, yep. that oh man I can put so much change in so many people's lives if I just open my mouth and release the wisdom that I have in my years that mm -hmm. God has taught me like what what wisdom can I give to this person who is struggling with something that I struggled with a couple of years ago and right, right. they don't have to be younger than me they can be the same age as me or older that's true and Kimberly also you can instill wisdom on somebody that's older than you. I learned so much from my daughter and I learned stuff from from kids too. There's just something about see having a perspective of a younger person can uh, really change somebody's heart as well. Yeah, it's really awesome. Sorry, to input on that, uh, no, being in 
high school, I have a lot of uh, underclassmen friends, and they, mm-hmm. and sometimes they ask for advice about some teachers and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's yeah, I I get what you're saying when people <laughs> have done that advice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay, so uh, next question, if you're done speaking about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, can you tell us your testimony and how you came to know Christ? Yes, I can. Um, I was born and raised actually Mormon, and I, I we went to church until I was about 12 years old. Uh, my parents had got divorced when I was two, and my mom stopped going to church when I was 12. And after I stopped going to church, it was about the age of 15 that I started making a whole lot of choices that led me into a very dark place. And when I say dark, I mean dark. I mean spiritually dark and scary. I was making choices um, that were negative towards my body, physically, emotionally, sexually, that I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't care. And spiritually speaking, I didn't want anything to do with the Lord. I didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't want to associate with Christians and I didn't want anybody telling me about Christ and I didn't want anybody bumping the Bible over me. I was very anti-Christ. That's what I can literally say is because I didn't believe in the, the devil, but I didn't believe. I, I say I did believe in the devil, but I didn't intentionally because I was anti-God, but I, and I was living a lifestyle that was definitely not godly. So I was living in darkness and didn't know it. Um, when I was 21, I had a boyfriend and his parents were Christian and they were literally the only people that could talk to me about Christ. And one night they asked me if I wanted to go to church with them, but there was going to be a lady there prophesying. And I thought, cause I was very into supernatural and I thought, Oh, that'd be cool to see. Cause the only time I had ever seen anybody prophesy was Robert Tilton on TV, but we used to actually make fun of him. So I said, yeah, I'll check that out. So I went to church that night and it was a little, a small Latina or Latino Latin, uh, Pentecostal church in Wichita, Kansas. And I went in there and the pastor, her name is Shedra Moore. She came up to me and she's like, weren't you here last year? And I thought in my head, I'm like, oh no, you wouldn't have caught me dead in this place last year. But I said, no, wasn't he? But I could have swore I saw you the same spot last year. I was like, hmm, strange. Nope. So on goes the evening. She's preaching. And I've never heard anybody preach like this in my life. I don't remember what she said, but it was intriguing. And then when um, she did the altar call, but I didn't know what an altar call was because she was actually prophesying over people for specific things. Like there's something wrong with your eyes. Come, come on up and we're going to pray over you. And and heal your eye and so somebody came up and then you know somebody else there's something wrong with your knee come up we'll pray over you we're going to heal you and so somebody else came up and then another instance was for a young girl who's lonely and sad and depressed and come on up and we'll pray over you well nobody came up and then finally this young girl probably 12 years old she was crying and she went up and then so this was all very intriguing to me And so the next thing you know, she did the altar call, which as I said, I knew nothing about that. Um, Are you guys still there? Yep. 
Okay. So then when she did the altar call, I thought that she was speaking for somebody, one person. So when she called people up to pray and receive Jesus, I, my heart started beating. And my heart started beating so hard out of my chest, I thought I was going to die. But there was conflict in me because I did not want to be a Christian. And I did not want to go up in front of everybody. And I knew people there, so I was embarrassed. Um, so somebody else had come up. And, um, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, somebody else had come up for the altar call. So I thought, okay, good. It's for them. But then somebody else went up. So that was two people. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is, you know, means I can go as well. And, um, but I didn't want to. So my heart was beating out of my chest. I thought, if I don't go up there right now, I'm going to die. Like, I did not have a choice. And then I looked at my boyfriend, and my vision was blurry. And I said, that's me. I have to go. And he said, well, go. And before that happened, I felt like there was this fuzz or a cotton ball or something, just this mist above me to my right. And whatever that was, it was pushing me up, like calling me up. But I didn't want to go, so I had all this conflict. And then I looked at my boyfriend, and he said, well, go up there. So I went up there, and I was standing there, and there was people to my left, and they were praying and crying and speaking in tongues. And I'm just like, you all are crazy. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't, like, ugh. So she gets to me, and she prays over me, and she anoints my forehead with oil, and she prays and I pray and she backed up and she said I need everybody to pray for this girl because Satan doesn't want to let go of her just yet and I was like okay so I that was it we everybody came up and hugged me and welcomed me to the kingdom of God and we left and we went home and I went home and that night I went into my house I had been afraid of the dark my whole life and I went through my house went up the stairs with every light off. I went upstairs, washed my face with my eyes shut, which never would have happened. And that night I realized that whatever had been with me was gone. There was a spirit that was with me that I was terrified of. And that night it was gone. And I didn't realize I had that spirit until it was gone. That was hugely powerful for me. And that is what I anchor to every time I lack faith or have questions. There's no way I can deny what happened that night. Um, and I knew I had a choice to make. I knew that if I chose God, I was going to lose my friends. And they were the most important people in my life. And I knew if I chose my friends, I would be saying no to God. Um, so what I did is I chose my friends. And I continued my lifestyle for five years. But I could never forget that situation. And... Um, but he spared me many, many times in those five years. I ended up moving to San Diego and I had a boyfriend there who was living the same lifestyle as I was. And I just started getting wooed by God and kept hearing about this particular church. And so I went there to that church and then probably for six months straight, I was at the altar every day <laughs> or every Sunday, should I say, giving my life to the Lord every single chance I got. But that was my life change when I was in San Diego. And then I went on a missions trip to Grenada, West Indies with that church. I came back and I um, ended up moving to Northern Virginia 
and went to Tokyo with that same church for a missions trip and just been living a Christian life ever since. Of course, I've made mistakes and I've, I've made choices and have consequences of those choices throughout my life, but they're all, that's wisdom. <laughs> Learning as we go. And, and God still is proud of me somehow. <laughs> That's really good. I'm so glad that your your testimony turned into like a couple tests in your lifetime. And <laughs> like you you had you had a couple tests here and there of like a test of of bravery of just going to the church. That's a test. And that yeah. test became your testimony when you went up to the altar. You chose to go up to the altar and and then the test after that of just actually turning the lights off in your house and being brave enough to say, okay, God, I think you're here. And yeah. I know that whatever was in me is out of me and I'm thankful and I count myself well, to blessed. Be, to be honest, I did not want to go up there. I didn't feel like I had a choice, which thank God, because would I have chosen that? <laughs> right. So... Yeah, I didn't feel like I had a choice, but I went anyways in my embarrassment and in my whatever. Yeah, and then that night I went up to the, the bathroom. I don't even think I realized that I was going up there with all the lights on until I was up there, you know, and washing my face without my eyes wide open. We used to play with the Ouija boards a lot, and that stuff, that stuff is no joke. <laughs> it's no joke. It is not a toy. <gasps> Yeah, that's one of those, that's one of those, uh, oh, it'll be okay, it'll be fun, and the next thing you know, you're having nightmares and seeing things out of the corner of your eye. No, no, right. it is not fun. You are opening a door that is not good. Right, right. Wow, then, then how did you come from San Diego, you said, where mm -hmm. you went to that church for six months? How did you come from San Diego all the way to Gloucester? What well, my sister, my sister had married Air Force and they retired out here. So I just wanted to be closer to my nieces. So I ended up going to Northern Virginia and living with my mom. And, and then eventually we all moved here to Gloucester. Nice, nice. I, I thought it was like another part of your testimony. Like, yeah, God told me to come to Gloucester for some reason, but I just went anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But for I, my love nieces, that, um, but I love that I've you're very family oriented. Now. Yeah. 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 And I feel at home now. It was for a long time when I left Kansas and went to San Diego that I didn't feel at home anywhere. But finally, when I got to Gloucester, I feel, I feel at home. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Rihanna has you with your last question. So, Rihanna, ask away. So, you're following your passion now. Um, and what advice can you give to your audience um, for them to keep following their passion and what they're passionate about? And can you tell us a little bit about uh, what your passion is? Sure. So my advice to follow the desires of your heart is just one foot in front of the other and take risk. That's the short answer is just 
be brave enough to mess up. And God knows I have messed up <laughs> in business and career and um, yeah, just take risk and be willing to fall out of the tree a few times and <clears throat> learn how to fly. My sister always makes fun of me. She says, you're the one that will climb up to the top of the cliff and jump off. And she said, by the time you've already jumped off that cliff two or three times with your parachute, I'm still at the bottom of the cliff trying to get the nerve up to, to climb the stairs. <laughs> so me, I just get up there and jump and pray my parachute opens and it does. And good things happen. Because you really don't learn unless you do fall down. That's the same thing with a child learning how to walk. They don't learn how to walk by just standing up and doing it. They fall down and they bust their nose and they, <laughs> but they get up and they keep trying and eventually they're walking. So the same thing with me in business. I um, am a business owner, but I am a massage therapist by trade. So I know a lot about massage therapy, but I knew nothing about business. So when I went into business, it was a constant learning curve, a weekly learning curve. And from what I hear, people who've been in business longer than me, that it will constantly be a learning curve. So as long as you like to learn and as long as you like to, to take risks, then you'll be successful. And my passion now and has been is to serve people in later life stages. So I want to be able to offer massage to people who are aging alone or people who don't have the finances to receive compassionate touch because there's a lot of people out there that need healthy touch. Usually without healthy touch, people fail to thrive emotionally, cognitively, spiritually. And that's true for children who don't have a nurturing parent. It's true for elders who don't have a spouse anymore or who are living alone or they're in a nursing home they just don't have the resources to reach out for the touch that they need and then it's also true for every um, age you know for us we've got friends and parents and and um, we work so we go to these places we get a handshake or a hug if we want to then we get the the touch that we need because touch is essential to life without it as I said you fail to thrive and when you're not getting healthy touch it, it leads to depression anxiety loneliness fear and now with COVID, when we're not allowed to touch, imagine. And that's not just our seniors, it's not just the children, it's everybody. Right, I, I got you. And I mean, I know this is silly, but a couple of weeks ago, I had a hip injury and mm -hmm. I went to a massage therapist and they, I mean, I'm so glad that COVID didn't shut down massage therapy places because it's truly needed, especially yeah. in our day and age where we work so hard and we feel like we can't stop. But when we do get the time to stop, we're like, okay, I'm hurting, I'm aching, I've been working so hard, where can I go? And, and going to places like heartfelt touch and massage, like what you own or just any kind of massage therapy place is truly a blessing because mm -hmm. I mean, some people don't even realize 
the health benefits that you receive when you get that first massage or that second massage or the 10th massage, it actually mm -hmm. truly gives you, it makes you feel happy and like mm -hmm. all over. It's not just inside like, oh, I got a nice massage and then continue your day. No, it's like you feel nice and yeah, you yeah. feel happy. And I mean, and I, I felt happy. I felt I felt like I could conquer anything. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that we have people like you who can Thank help you. people like me or Naomi mm. or Brianna who work really hard or who run track mm -hmm. so we can feel our best and do our best. And we really, yep, really yep. appreciate those kind of people. Thank you. And you know what you know the, what most, the cool most cool testimonial I ever got was from a gentleman who said that uh, massage makes you feel like you matter. Oh, that is so good. I know. Yeah. So like, wow, it's amazing that a simple act of touch can not only make you feel good physically, but can it make you feel good emotionally? Mm. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Touch is powerful. Words are powerful. And the final words I would like to ask is if you could shout out your business and your social media and where people can find you and get in contact with you. Okay, so my business is Heartfelt Touch Massage Therapy, and we're in Gloucester, and in two weeks, we're opening our second location in Matthews, and <clears throat> we also just opened, or not opened, we started a nonprofit, and it's called Heartfelt Community, and that is to be able to offer compassionate touch to people who are aging alone, and we'll also offer compassionate touch or massage for caregivers, for family caregivers just to ease some of the burden. I don't say burden in a bad way. It's just caregiving is tough. So we want to be able to offer massage to family caregivers for a respite and caregiver education for people who are um, caregiving. We offer touch techniques to help alleviate expressive behavior for people with dementia and just touch techniques to everybody who's caregiving. Um, let's see. Also, we're going to do community events, drawing generations together. So combating loneliness, really. Touching lives, pun intended. So <laughs> we got heartfelt touch massage therapy and heartfelt community. That is super, super awesome. And we can we can find you on Instagram, Facebook, all that yep. kind of stuff. Yep, yeah, if you awesome. just search uh, heartfelt touch massage, um, it's heartfelt is two words. But for the nonprofit, Heartfelt Community is one word, Heartfelt Community. I only have an Instagram page for Heartfelt Community right now because we're just starting it and creating structure for it. Mm -hmm. So soon we'll have a web page. But if you just find Heartfelt Touch Massage Therapy, I'm sure that in the coming weeks, we'll have all the information for the, for the nonprofit. That is awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. thank you for your words of wisdom, your advice, and just I'm, I'm so thankful that you were able to come on to this podcast and share your passion as well. Yeah. And we really appreciate listening to your story and your testimony. And we hope you have a wonderful day and keep touching lives. Okay. Thank you, ladies. And I'm super impressed with you too, with you three. Sorry. And uh, I'm proud of you girls. I really am. Oh, we love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs>